0: Feed the fungus, feed, feed the fungus, feed the fungus, feed the fungus, feed, feed the fungus, feed the fungus, feed the fungus. The 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 All
1: right, kids. Alright, well welcome to the Friday, the 7th of May edition of the Stream of Random. Can you believe we've almost gotten a full year now of every day producing an episode? I mean, we've been running this podcast for more than a year. first episode was in January or February. Where I was just trying out these stupid podcasting apps. And um, just clicking it together. It's like, oh, this is easy. Going for my evening walk. It's already uh, dark, the sun has gone down. There's like a little bit of rain clouds, but no rain. Smells a little bit like rain. So we'll see what happens. I got a hoodie, a thin hoodie just in case. And I decided that today we're gonna be a little bit more relaxed. not going to try and be someone we're not, it was a tough week for me, and um, I've continued with my math learning, and uh, I have a formula so far (sighs) for the um for the powers of, uh, for the greatest common denominators. The greatest common denominator for adding together the infinite series I've been working on. It has to do with the prime factorization. So in the denominator, which is the bottom part, we're going to start with one half, right? And we did this before. But you take one half and then you multiply it the bottom half by by uh, three. But that becomes three-sixths. So one half becomes three-sixths. So the the two is multiplied by three, but also the one is multiplied by three, you see, so that we're always just one step ahead. So you could say that the top half is um, a factorial of some kind where you Multiply all the numbers against each other. And the bottom part is just a factorial plus 1. You see? It's the next number over. (coughs) Well, anyway, I'm not sure if that's the best definition. But the top half is 1 times 3 times 5 times 7. And the bottom half is... 2 times 3 times 5 times 7, you see. And you can keep on going until infinity. And it's always one half. But it just gets bigger. And bigger in terms of its numeric representation. Until you get, like, some god-awful number. Divided by some god-awful number. Which works out to be one half, where the bottom number is twice the size of the top number, you see? So multiplied by two. So, really, if you look at that lattice of primes that I was working on, you're really just singling out the first column of twos. see you could just start with the whole series of numbers and then just divide that by two now if we go to one-third so what I'm proposing is that we imagine we have this humongous columns of powers of two that go on to infinity one for each prime so we could imagine that we have a multiplication table and the first row of that multiplication table for the number two, ignoring the number one. First row just contains everything. 2 times Well in the, in the column two it would contain the number one and then the column three it would contain the six. And in the column five, it would contain the 30. And that would just continue on with 2 times that prime and it would be, each column would have one prime in it. So then, so that's the first row and it gets quickly rather large. And then for the next row in the column for the three, one third we're going to skip the two section so it's all the numbers starting at three it's all the numbers starting at three and uh third and I suppose we do need the number two so it'll be One third of six. So we actually need to fill out the uh, second, the first column for the number two. So one third is two sixths. Two sixths will go into the second column or the first column of the two. Two sixths. Well three times two, you see. Where does this go into the three column? One third. This is a good question where it goes. i myself confused here, what columns, what goes where. I'm a little confused on these first starting points. Maybe I need to work on that some more. But let's just ignore, gloss over that problem real quick. And then just look at the... For the power of three, I'm pretty sure we put it in a one-third one there. And two times three is six two sixths and then we multiply by five so we're going to multiply by every other prime because we're going to add them together by the very fact that we're going to add them together we need the sixth sixth column And uh, this is interesting. So then we get into 30, which is times 5. So 2 times 5 is 10. 10 30s is one third. And then you multiply it by 11, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. an ATV ride here in the middle of the uh, street. Okay. Well, I'm not going to report them to the police, but... It's annoying. Okay, so let's continue. So I worked all of this out on paper in the last couple of days, since we talked about it. And it's funny, so for the column, the row with the three in it, we do need this, the two and the six and the five. And now when we go to the next row, which is five, in the column of two and six, we're going to completely skip that because 5 times 2 times 3 is 30, and that's the first time that 5 will appear. So 1 is not expressible with a 2, not expressible with a 3, it's not expressible with a 6. Can't express one-fifth evenly with a six you have to go all the way to 30 which is six times six times five so it's six thirtieths and that creates the first entry in the in the fifth, five column. So will be one fifth in the ones column, I suppose. And then in the twos column, it will be zero, right? remainder three, maybe we could put in. Or just five. Anyway, it's a zero in the twos column, it's a zero in the threes column. It's a zero. And then in the fifth column, we'll put in the third row and the third third row and third, uh, column we'll put in the 6 30ths and then that whole thing will be times 11 and the next one both will be times 11 but we're not going to have to calculate that here so what's next for the number seven which is the next prime and the fourth row and the ones column we'll put in one-seventh and in the twos column we'll put a zero and the threes column we'll put a zero and the fives column we'll put a zero and the seventh column we will put seven times 5 times 3 times 2 not 7 we'll just put the result of 5 times 3 times 2 which is 30 over 30 times 7 because it creates the new 1 you see the previous prime creates the whole new unit, you see? That's the key here. Every single new prime is creating a new unit. It's not just any prime, it's adding up all the previous primes, multiplying them together. So you multiply all the previous primes together, and that's the one. That's the one denominator. and then below that comes the new prime. That unit is multiplied seven times. You see that's the trick. So we have the seventh seven column. and then we'll continue to fill that out. so we'll have... For every number, we'll have the sum of all the primes that came before it in the the, nominator of the column of the prime, and then below it, it'll be the factorial of that prime number, the prime factorial, you see. We need a function that's a prime factorial, which is the sum of all the primes underneath the number. So in the numerator, it's the prime factorial of the number n, and the denominator, it's the prime factorial of the number n plus 1. And that gives you each cell. And um, that's carried forward. Now the two is also carried forward in the two section. And then when we want to actually get the sum of all of those, we just add up the column. And that'll give you the sum of all the one over primes for a, for a given Factorial extent. I see. So for the for the two it's one half and two and three it's one half plus one third. three-sixths plus two-sixths, which is five-sixths. But it quickly goes over one. And I think Euler proved this sequence will converge onto pi. And I haven't yet understood that proof, even though I've tried to many times to listen to it. We're building up to it but I like this table so that's my math for today and I'll um now my father wants to me to look at the triangles and the right angles so here's what I got on that I got nothing really but I'll just start my thought so if you have a right angle 90 degrees and uh, it's on the XY coordinates and let's just say it's or orient- it's located at zero so the right angle is just the x y axis and then you're going to go over any number of steps to the right along the x axis that's easy to imagine and then you're going to turn and go up i guess at a 45 degree angle you're going to go up to intercept y So the angle slope will be negative one. Every time you go over one, you go up one. So that slope is easy. And the question is then, what is the Y? So what is the sine, the sine, the Y of the angle one? we know what the angle we have to shift it so it's a shifted sign shifted to the right and um, depending on how far we're right that we shift reach a higher number at the one. So if we go over two, or we go over three, let's say, three steps to the right, and then we take one step back at two and we go up one, because that's our 45 degree angle. So we'll draw a line from x3, y0 to x2, y1, creating a 45 degree angle. And then we'll take another step back, which will be x1. And we'll move y up one more step. So it'll be. X1, Y2 and then we move X back over to 0 and X will go up to 3 so that's a 3-3 triangle with a 45 degree angle does that make sense? Slope of negative one is that even interesting? headlights out so I don't know why that's interesting I go over four I guess I'll also go up to four on the Y so it looks like it's always gonna match at a 45 degree angle and a 90 degree on the other side so I'm not sure why that's interesting anyway I looked at it. We're going to have to uh, study this some more. I haven't really looked at the triangles, but I have this book from Euclid that I've been meaning to study. And he has all of these properties of triangles and proofs. Now, here's something that I watched where they said they were able to show... Now, this is new information, so let's just back this up. So we've talked about Turing and we've talked about Gödel. And we've talked about the formal proof system, the piano, piano axioms. And they're able to prove math or code all of math in seven axioms. Godel encoded them into the girdle of the numbers and it created the famous this theory cannot be proven in this formal system and then he's basically creating a Turing machine and feeding it to a Turing machine which is the halting problem so can you determine if the input is a Turing machine So this is the Entscheidungsproblem or the halting problem. How do you know if you're being fed bad input? And uh, researchers have shown. Now I haven't read the proof, and I don't know if they're able to solve the halting problem. They said they were able to go up to the halting problem. crossed it or solved the halting problem using quantum entanglement with two provers being interrogated by a control system or police system and they were working together and sharing information using quantum entanglement and bits so that's some new math that we're going to study very interesting I might just go off on a tangent and start listening to it now I was planning on listening to it tonight How you guys doing? It's been a tough week for me. There's just so many people here at the university, at the college. Not the same at 8 p.m., but there's some really shady people driving around outside. Like people on quads and people with no, with busted headlights and looking generally suspicious or committing obvious minor felonies, but you know, the broken windows idea. So anyway. Any thought we could just hang out a little bit and talk instead of always trying to prove something and you know I have been having fun talking to you guys about math I'm not sure everyone's really feeling it Not sure everyone's really feeling it, but um, it has been an interesting um, time for me. study math and talk about it and go through it and um, I've been filling up notebooks and programs with when I have time or even when I don't have time trying to wrap my head around things and it has shown me some discipline And I think it's been good. I guess I could talk a little bit about my work. I've been working on reverse engineering the cloud system that I'm on. And uh, creating diagrams and tools to clean it up by querying... So basically, um, AWS allows you the Amazon Web Service. So let's just start with that. So you have this thing called the cloud, which is basically a uh, system that um, gives you an interface a way to create computers and compute resources and all these different things. And it lets you inspect and query the entire system. So, so one part of the program I'm working on is just dumping out all the different pieces of data into this format called JSON. So it's basically querying all the different little bits we have. And the second part of it is indexing those bits and creating a graph from them and It's basically boils down to looking at all the different values all the different IDs IP addresses and names and all that and then saying well this ID occurs over there so there's a reference so it's basically saying this ID this thing has this ID and it has these attributes and it references that, which kind of boils down to the prime numbers where you're saying this number is a composite. It's an ID of some kind. And it has these prime factors. So it references these primes. kind of like that. And I guess each different individual object could be seen as a power of a prime gotten the uh, podcast index, they have a new dump of it, and I was thinking to start working on my indexing idea, let's see who's writing to me. so thinking is that each word could be seen as an identifier and then if we think about some description it could be seen as multiplying some prime numbers together. each word is a prime number. and the compound number is just factorizing that. if you have a uh, graph of all these terms, all these things, well, one thing that I've been doing is finding things that are outside that are not connected to the main graph and reviewing them because disconnected things. getting closer to uh, my understanding of this cloud system. Yeah. So I guess we could just say these are episodes talking about some topic. We're just pointing at some words. And the question is is the word they're pointing at is it just English grammar or is it some keyword and I guess of course we would have to interpret the English in order to find out what the actual meaning is but if we just take a keyword approach we should be able to filter out the Jesuses and the gods and the Bibles and all those Talmuds as having words that are similar And I guess we're going to get into some statistics. How many times does this pair occur together? And um, the pair I guess could be considered a multiple. primes and then its weight could be considered a power the power of those two primes those two powers raised each other and then if we take all the words together we would multiply all the primes together and then could sum up a podcast episode with just one number and if we take some generic English grammar book Subtract all the grammar. And then we could also compare two two podcasts by subtracting them or dividing them. And um We don't have to actually multiply these numbers together. We can just make a vector of the um, keywords and their count and just assign them a prime number or a number. And then I guess we could summarize them. So if we look at all of the different Bible ones, probably God is the most occurring concept. So we would rank that up and then just say, if you see Jesus, you could actually count God. Jesus is the son of God. So, you know, I could say Christian. it says whatever rabbi could say oh that's Jewish Jewish God so we might be able to come up with some number to classify these different podcasts quickly now we haven't gotten into the whole question more information, but I think that's a good start, something to look at, could probably compress it all down to something small So we'll see. I have to start pulling these backups. Uh, we should be able to do this for the uh, very frequent podcasts so I'm thinking of um first of all, deduping arrow but there should definitely be a way to come up with some kind of sound signatures without having to actually understand all the sounds, all the words. looked into this whole training program yet. There's so much I have to look into. But can we do an unsupervised training of um, vocal data and just run it over a whole bunch of different podcasts? Like, what are we actually looking for? Waves, wavelets, sine waves, numbers, frequencies, can we break it down? what I'd like to know okay so I guess with my new math interest we're really gonna start attacking deep learning of speech now because that's the final frontier Final frontier, kids. I'm gonna start reaching out to more of these daily podcasters again, and I guess we have to um, create a new podcast called the Daily Podcast Show, where it's not so political as the Stream of Random. something that people would link to or think it's funny. The Daily Podcast Show. If it just downloaded all the podcasts from that day. Not even the daily podcasts, but the podcasts that were released on that particular day. That'd be insane, huh? How could you listen to all of them? So, I think we're going to move in that direction soon, really. I'm starting to feel more confident now. Confident in my math skills. Now that I've grasped the fundamental concept of primes, like I can take on everything. Now they were saying how when you drop a pin, if you have a pin and you have a bunch of lines that are spaced equal distance the size of the pin, if that pin will land on the uh, crossing a line or land between the lines, it has to do with pi. And I think that's also because it spins. Now if the number of primes is decreasing in logarithmic scale, distance between them is a logarithmic scale, where they're getting farther and farther apart. What does that have to do with pi in the circle? Right. Oh So, I was thinking about this legend of King Arthur and Merlin. And did you know? Well, I was reading the history of Gauss, uh, of Euler. And Euler did his master's thesis on the difference between Leibniz, Descartes, and Newton. Did you know that Newton was into alchemy? which would put him squarely in the realm of the wizard and, um, or Merlin. And I'm thinking that there's always going to be the shaman or the magician or the sorcerer or whatever, the occult, the hidden, in science and math where you have the brute, the king, author, and his sidekick, the magician. And that kind of shows up in the symbolism of the tarot, the left and the right hand, etc. So well Imagine if we are all part of a living organism, the Eva, the Apha, where the single-celled organism, I guess, related to the fungus... divided and split and created all life and they say that there's the mitochondria that shows that there was an Eva, one mother because we all share mitochondrial DNA the mother's DNA with each other but do we share it with animals? Do all eukaryotes eukaryotes or things containing mitochondria contain the same mitochondrial DNA? And are we connected through quantum entanglement because we're all originating from the same thing? And are we connected with the dead somehow through quantum entanglement? is my question and maybe they live on in other parallel worlds and we are dead there think about that two sides of the same coin that is some good science fiction huh Well, welcome to the stream of random where we dare to go into such topics. And uh, we're not going to just bore you with math all the time. I got to give you something. (sighs) Got to give you something. So I think some of these shady guys that I see next to the university are actually uh, black market dealers that are selling to students. And that's why they hang out in the back streets behind the university. Which would explain this behavior. And the fact that they approach you would just mean that they're trying to sell. And they think you're some geek student looking to buy drugs or whatever Then I mean, that's the most plausible explanation, huh? Well, so I really like I like this idea of the quantum entanglement for solving problems It resonates deeply with me. I'm going to do some more research into it. And I'm just going to go out on a limb here. Into pure speculation. And say that if it's possible for the mind to conceive and to solve paradoxes, that maybe it's built of something even beyond what we can conceive of, and maybe there's hidden factors that we don't know about, there's hidden teachings that are held secret by all the religions. And we know for a fact that there are such things. We know for a fact that we can't trust everything that's told to us. We see the complete illogic and contradictions in what's going on. Yeah, well I'm starting to I'm starting to think about this and like it a lot. that the number system and the logic system is just a thin veneer, a thin coating on top of the real question of what is being, what does it mean to be, like Heidegger said. of being the Dasein going for a walk Zine the podcasting and speaking about podcasting I listened to this one good book it was an excellent New Book Networks show today on the book wars and he talks about how Amazon reigns supreme over everybody, and how podcasting and self-publishing are the rebels breaking away from the gatekeepers, and that's what we're doing here. So I'm just trying to think about how to get my audience up. I think I have to just share this episode. I really do, because I think someone might actually enjoy it, and maybe I need to get onto the right platform, and maybe I have to create my own, I have to get onto social media, or something. Create a clip or share a clip. Share the episode. I think there's something worthwhile listening to in this in this one. Uh, recap some of our ideas put them into a way that we could share them so basically numbers and logic and the realm of numbers let's just start with that the realm of the countable algebra simple addition, binding, spatial relationships, it's just one part of the brain, and there's already multiple parts, just algebra would be separate just from pure numbers, I think. equations and sizes, maybe? Are they just shapes? Is an equation or a whole set of numbers, not a shape or a set of shapes? relationship between many objects in a regular pattern is it just not a huge set of them the description of a set and then we have the extension of that description the interpretation of it we have the manipulation of a set of symbols or rules and we have the projection or the imagination of that and um hey i'll tell you not everything we do here on this podcast is great you have some boring episodes you have some good episodes got a lot of mixed stuff in between this is stream of random baby Of random walking through the woods, the dark woods at night alone. This is a short segment. I don't have any pepper spray, no concealed carry, no knife no brass knuckles, no blackjack, but at the uh, flea market in um, Columbus, New Jersey, they had a lot of weapons, let me tell you, they had some nasty looking knives. next so I wanted to give you a summary I kind of faded off but these numbers are on a grid or a lattice regularly spaced and we have a whole bunch of mathematical language or equations wrapped around them Algebra, rules, proofs, machinery, cranks, gears, and um, all of that is just a veneer A little safe space in your head, a place to hide, a place that you supposedly control. But what you don't control is outside, the raging wild world around you. And what's hard to control is your mind, how it jumps everywhere, goes everywhere. And we try and put some kind of structure or control over it. So, um, I'm just reviewing stuff that happened at my place of employment, which I love to work at. And I'm so thankful that I have the opportunity to work at such a wonderful place, even though I don't want to tell anyone where it is, because I'm so ashamed of it. And I think that they would come and cancel me as soon as they could because the people who run the place are very political or pretend to be. And I think a lot of it's also fake. And I'm really caught up in this whole conflict of what is true, what is not true. And this comes down to the being, truth and logic and how that fits into this fake world of politics and power and domination that we're in. I think that's really the core conflict here is how do we reconcile? How do we deal with these paradoxes and these conflicts these catch-22s that make up our world That's um, that's some pretty complicated stuff we have to go through in my head, and I'm getting lost in this tangle, this web, this ball of yarn, this humongous mess I call my life. yes I am grateful and happy but it's nothing simple and easy and that's what the study of the math has shown me the study of the primes that you can approach this massive web of numbers and relationships There's nothing easy about it. Now, the interesting thing about the numbers is they're not instantiated. Their numbers don't just exist. The prime numbers don't even just exist. I mean, sure, a handful of numbers exist. One to ten, maybe one to a hundred. Certain numbers exist in our mind place markers flagpoles 1776 etc etc but the rest of the numbers even the prime numbers I mean sure we've got lists of them We can derive them. We can find them if we have to. new tactic though. If I'm waiting at the corner, I wait behind the telephone pole, not in front of it. Just in case a car swerves. Give yourself another couple of seconds away to get away from it. That was the one major road I have to cross. I guess I'll cross it again. so imprints in the mind of the past neural imprints carried forward over time what are they? numbers numbers are imprints some year, some month you learned in school, that's a neural imprint. And let's just call that some kind of prime number. Let's call that composite actually. Because it's not gonna have, it's like, oh, well, you have some great leader. Okay, and that might be a prime number. Some father figure of the nation. Archetype, that could be a prime number. But that particular great leader, that particular founding father, that particular year, those are composites. Those are built up of different factors, added together to create a neural imprint which is a composite. But even what we saw today when we were studying this prime number times that prime number times that prime number, well, those are just composites. Even if they're composites with prime factors. Even if they're regular prime factors, they're still composites. So every series of numbers multiplied together is a composite. And every two numbers added together, well, it has a new prime factor. Now the question would be, this is going to be a general question now. Mike's general question that I haven't seen posed yet, but what's the general rule for prime factorization of two numbers added together? Is that the binomial theorem? A plus B? We see A squared plus 2B. 2ab plus b squared. So 2ab means 2a, which means the power of two, which means a prime factor two. So the very fact that we have ab squared for that two in the square gets into the power of 2, and that's added into the factor. But it's AB squared. Now what if we just take AB, A plus B? What's the prime factorization of A? What's the prime factorization of B? And how do they relate to their sum AB? A plus B. A plus b or a prime a new prime number and we lose all the factorizations and then my question would be can you add two primes together to get a new prime three plus two is five Two primes added together is a new prime. Five plus two is seven. Two primes added together creates a new prime. Five plus three is eight. Two primes added together is not a prime. And which ones added are prime and which ones are not? Five plus three is eight. And it goes from it goes from 5 and 3, which are primes, to 2 times 2 times 2, which is three times. So how is that even possible? So now we'll take the table of primes, Let's say 1 to 20. We want to add them to each other in an addition table. And then we'll say, oh, there's that girl on the electro-scooter again. The new girl. She's electro-scootering down the road with no helmet, talking to someone. And she doesn't have a safety vest. All she has is this little light. And uh, she's wearing black. So, hey girl, if you listen to the Stream Random podcast, I'll put a safety vest on it. don't cost much. And maybe a headlight on your head. Maybe a blinker in your backpack. Because you can't see shit. Okay. So, that's going to be our new table. 2 plus every prime is 20. So 2 plus 3 is 5. That's a prime. 2 plus 5 is 7. That's a prime. 2 plus 7 is 9. It's not a prime. Again, it's 3 squared. So we've gone into the square world. Which is neat. We've hit the square world twice. 2 plus... 11 is 13. Oh, that's a prime. And we also know that there's a whole bunch of primes that are 2+, plus centered around 6. 2 plus 13 is 15. Not a prime, it's 5 times 3. 2 plus 17 is 19. I think 19 is a prime. 17 and 19 also center out of 18, which is, again, a factor of 6. 19 plus 2 is 21. Not a prime. 3 times 7. So we could just go on, but that's pretty good. We do times 3 plus plus. the addition table of primes and I wonder if there's any patterns in there we haven't done much addition on this podcast I always thought it was boring 3 plus 2 is 5 5 plus 3 is 8 7 plus 3 is 10 11 plus 3 is 14 so this plus 3 is really bombing out the plus 2 was much better Nineteen plus three, twenty two. So we're really losing on the uh, plus threes. <coughs> the, um, plus five, five is five is ten. 7 plus 5 is 12. So, this is not working out. 11 plus 5 16. So, none of those are helping. 7 plus 11 is 18. So, it looks like adding two primes except for the two is generally a bad idea so we're going to run this I'm going to run this through a computer and just spit out the, the addition table and just put a bitmap this number plus this number is it a prime or not a prime terms of primes plus plus primes is it only that twos will create primes or can we create primes using other odd numbers and maybe we can maybe they're always odd so that's going to be some interesting property that we found and i'm sure this is all well known just rediscovering it this is curiosity and discovery and um, working through it ourselves rediscovering things and connecting to it connecting to some space that's been traveled to before now this is the question is this space owned by someone is it by some famous mathematician does he have his name on it there's a little sign saying oh this dude owns this little spot of the hyperspace or is it just something you learn is there a tombstone with his name on it and why do we always assume it's a he like isn't this misogynist? And how come they just took over stuff from other countries and called it their own? Pascal's Triangle. Like, isn't it chauvinist? Like, where's the social justice warriors here when you need them? Mm -hmm. We're going to cancel math. So, I would... I would say that there's all these different patterns and logical questions we could come up with. I mean, we don't know, we don't know if this is an eternal space, or is it just some space in the brain? Is it some space that we could access, or is it a pattern, a feeling? Is it something that we're born with, that we're accessing? Is it part of the structure of our mind that we're exploring it? part of the genetic structure, part of the fungus, the eternal fungus that created everything, spreading out between the planets, creating all life, or whatever else it is that created life, or is it God? Choose your poison. Who knows? These are the questions that have been plaguing people for a long time as well. But these numbers are true. The relationships are true. You can figure them out yourself. You can just run the experiment yourself and validate it. You can check it. Will come up with the same results or prove me wrong. Say he made a mistake. So that's true. It's reproducible. That's the beautiful thing. But is it just a game, a set of rules? So here's the rules. Take the first n numbers and multiply by the, them by each other. And then, after you've done that, count up how many times each number has shown up in the multiples. And each of those is composite. Everything that's left is a prime. Now, there's easier ways to do that. We've talked about this ad nauseum, but okay, you, you have now a list of primes up for a number. And now for each of those primes, create a table with n primes on the, on the left and m primes on the right. You just add them to each other. now look at the results how many of those are again in the prime table and what's the pattern that we see and how far off are they and they all reachable by 2 2 they're all even numbers apart all the primes they're all on the odds okay and then next experiment repeat the same thing but use powers of 2 2 4 8 16 and show which primes are power of two apart. I think these are the Marcinian primes actually. So you just add those powers to each known prime. I guess you'd also add in the powers of the other primes, powers of three, like add nine. Now, a nine is an odd number. So maybe we could add nine to everything. And look at what primes occur. Okay, so that's the experiment for the day, and we're done for this walk. I'm going home. I wish you all the best.
0: F- F- fungus, feed, feed the fungus. Feed the fungus. Feed feed the, fungus feed, feed, the, mm-hmm. feed, feed the feed the fungus. Feed, feed the fungus. Feed, feed, the, fungus, feed, feed yeah. the fungus. Feed the fungus. Feed yeah. the fungus. Die the des Fang ist der Fang the Fang ist the